All right, let's get going then, shall we? All right. <laughs> good morning, world. Good morning, listeners. It's good morning here in sunny Hull in North East England. Not sure where you guys are listening. I know this is uh, a lot of US listeners out there, but this is going out globally, so good afternoon, Ooh, good evening. Global audience. Global audience, mate. Lovely. This is episode three of the Simon Watson UK Business Show, and it's quite a special one, actually. Uh, I am, as I said, in uh, northeast of England um, with fellow southerner and brother, the legend that is Mark Watson. Good morning, Mark. All right. <laughs> What's that? Your Carl Pilkinson impression, is it? Mark's, Mark's known for his impressions. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. Good. I thought you are more of a Ricky Gervais man than a Carl Pilkinson. Well, it depends really on the mood, I guess. Um, you know, there should be no ego when we're pulling together to do something good. So, uh, anyways. Too true, too true. And uh, we're recording this in front of a live audience, actually, aren't we, mate? We are. We've, yeah. got, we've got three children. Um, 48 million people. 48 million people. Yeah. And three children. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, good morning, guys. We've got young, young Brandon over there. Yep. Aspiring actor, uh, thespian. We've got young Howard, who's yes, currently playing with trucks. Howard the Devil. Howard the Devil, playing with his trucks and toys, so if you can hear a bit of background noise, don't worry about that. And uh, little Annabelle, who sat wiggling her legs. Oh, there we go. She wanted to say a little word. Cool. Um, Mark, hello. Hello. <laughs> it's wicked to, uh, to, to bring you onto the show. I did, uh, I did threaten to bring you onto the show and um, have a bit of a chat with you. Uh, so just um, a bit of background for people that may be tuning in for the first time. The idea of the show is to get people uh, from uh, professionals within organisations that help to make those businesses successful, bring them onto the show, have a chat with them, maybe talk about the business or businesses that they work in, um, but also talk about you know, their background, kind of a pivotal moment in the past that uh, has helped sort of shape uh, either the person they are today or where they've ended up. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's just sort of an idea to sort of um, you know dig a little bit more into the person uh, and kind of what what makes you who you are and so so forth. Uh, so um, that's the background, or you know the, the backstory or the premise for the for the show. Um, and I really, was really excited to get Mark on, um, being that you know, albeit he's my younger little brother who's actually a bit bigger than me. Um, he's been uh, quite a big influence on my professional career and life, and um, he's a bit of a go-getter, aren't you, Mark? Self-proclaimed, yep. as I'm sure you. But, oh, it's all right. We've got a little uh, little cough in the background. Um, but yeah, so it's good to get you on, and, and I think you've got some really interesting uh, insights and useful stories to share with the nation. Um, and uh, you can do it in a Ricky Gervais style if you like, or you can just do it in your Mark Watson style But yeah, how's it going? Good, yeah, great, yeah. really good, yeah. Um, enjoying what, life. Good man, good man. What's, um, so what are you up to these days for uh, the listeners? And you know, where, what sort of projects are you working on? Because I know you're a man of many projects. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know, many fingers, many pies, but what, what, maybe one of the main ones or two projects that you're working on at the moment? Um, well, I have a job, a J-O-B, yeah, just over broke. 
Um, no, I've got a job. It's a good job. It's a well-paid job. I enjoy it. It's in medical devices, and we are a company that provides hearing restoration to people that have conductive and mixed hearing losses, which basically means unable to allow air to conduct sound to your eardrum and send it on and to be interpreted by the brain. And we do that via bone conduction and cochlear implantation. So that's my day job. My uh, my other focus or my my area of interest that I'm moving into and have been moving into over the last 12 months is property. And property is something that is going to supersede the job by about middle of uh, 2019. Fantastic. So that's the goal that you set yourself. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, let's dig into let's dig into that a little bit more. Um, I'm I'm obviously fascinated by that. I've been watching you grow, you know, even over this year, 2017. Um, but let's dig a little bit more into that, and uh, you know, understand a bit more about what you're up to and where you are. So maybe kick off uh, where where you are right now, and maybe some of the the you know sort of more recent steps that you've taken to get you where you are from a from a property angle. From a property angle, okay. Well, I think it's probably prudent to explain before that to set the backstory to it as to why. Um, why have I decided to go into property? Why have I decided to set a goal of moving away from the job, um, and all of those things? So, in a nutshell, I wanted to move away or want to move away from the working environment, the corporate environment, where essentially you are more or less dictated to. Don't get me wrong. We work hard, we play hard, we do well, we help patients out. It's all good. I enjoy it. But ultimately, I still have to send a report in to a manager on a Friday, which you, I hate. You're in, you're in the sales part. And I'm in the clear, yeah. Right? You, you, run a, yeah. you run a, a territory. Yeah, uh, so I've, I've been doing sort of regional management, regional sales directing for medical device companies, distributing into the NHS mm-hmm. and private markets. Um, and that set a good foundation for skill sets and learnings along the way and um, so the experience has been invaluable but ultimately I'm not that corporate <laughs> basically <laughs> and um, whilst I'm uh, efficient and then do my job uh, as of where we are today I'm at 95% of my year-to-date target number for that job so numbers wise not a problem and the month the month today date so what was it seventh ninth today ninth of september so um so smashing it then yeah so i'm basically a quarter ahead of myself which is nice and that's in part to building up the pipeline relationships (laughs) in the market been here nearly five years that kind of thing yeah um grafting but as i say still have to send in a report in still have management that you know with all due respect i sometimes question their abilities to be um, suitable managers and and bottom line is don't like working for other people that's mm-hmm. the bottom line um, and at some point in the near future I'm going to become unemployable because uh, I'm going to go off and do my own thing so that's that's kind of the one component to it um, and now property why I came into property well about seven years ago my wife and I became accidental landlords after we'd had our first child and moved out of our home to buy a bigger house and we rented that property out. So there's a lot of people out there that become accidental landlords and fall into that and they just, you know, continue with the property they've got, reducing the capital and having somebody else basically pay their mortgage, which is fine. 
Um, however, that woke me up basically when the back end of last year, I was on a stag do of all things and I met a, a property investor who was doing it full time in Leeds, who after a, several chats and discussions kind of inspired me to go and take it a bit more seriously and look into it. And the first thing that was suggested was go and get yourself educated. Um, so, you know, we all know that education's good, but self-education's better. So I went out and got stuck into, um, into property books, audio books, audio podcasts, um, following people via various subscriptions and attended a course in March this year with a company called Progressive Property and Progressive Property are a huge uh, network of, uh, well essentially they're a, a property training company mm -hmm. as well as a property investment company themselves founded by two guys Mark Homer and Ron Moore um, between them have bought and sold over seven or eight hundred properties you know from single lets, HMOs, commercial to residentials, um, new build developments, you name it Mm -hmm. And I attended a three-day course over my birthday in March and essentially learned more about what was out there, what strategies there were in property and which ones I might want to look at. Okay. So um, taking a, um, a sort of an educational look at how people are doing it. So looking at the models that people are using to grow their portfolio and to grow that property business essentially rather than just having a one-off property or two-off properties looking at how how the professionals quote-unquote do it and, and the, the methods in, they've used to sort of scale mm. you know, a, an organization that, that consists of a property portfolio yeah and that was useful and presumably not not just learning but you know but you're networking you're you're with other people that are doing it and you know growing your own personal sort of network and sort of connection connections within that space yeah um definitely it was um it was a very worthwhile investment of my time um and the investment in yourself is always one of the best ones you can do and if you can do that whilst leveraging other people's experience who have already been there and walked it and and seen it all discovered the pitfalls then i can use that experience and knowledge and make sure that i don't make the same mistakes that they did mm -hmm. so that allows me to have less of the issues and be able to scale. Well, it's it's a short it's shortcut shortcutting, right? Whether you're you know setting out on any type of business, um, you know it's it's useful, it's prudent, let's say, to find somebody that's possibly done something similar or doing the exact same thing, mm. so that you can learn, like you say, from their errors. Because it's about you know shortcutting and avoiding, as in when I say shortcutting, sh shortcutting the the mistakes, trying trying to avoid the mistakes faster. Um, and making less of them, which mm. you know enables you to grow quicker. Yeah, uh, less of a sort of a burn up or ramp up period, I guess, and you know less um, reducing risk so to you know better the investment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's also probably worthwhile mentioning that whilst you can always leverage other people's experience and uh, you know being inspired by the people that are doing property investments, great but you are going to come across problems. So it's not just a case of avoiding the problems, but also when you have those problems, and there are common pro problems in property, that you know how to react and how to respond. Um, you know, even if it's just to the point of from a mindset perspective, not panicking at the first hurdle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you drop a bollock, then, you know, you don't have to worry too much. 
because you know things will work out so long as you've got your your systems in place and that you're taking action yeah um so that's where we were with progressive property march this year we already had the one property i'd already done about 40 hours worth of audiobook listening and reading and so on some of the materials from the progressive guys so that i could have more clarity on what strategy i was going to adopt because originally i wanted to do hmos which is houses in multiple occupancy um can also sort of relate to the student let market as well professional multi-let market and after some planning and some analysis paralysis as mark homer calls it I ended up deciding that HMOs weren't for me to begin with and to stick with what I knew, which was single lets, um, which is what we did and what I've done. So during that course, I'd already found a property um, just through the usual channels of right move. It had come to market fairly early and I was already taking action on that property, making offers, uh, communicating with agents, communicating with the uh, the solicitors and my broker. Um, It was a slightly more complicated first deal because it was a repo so it's buying it off of the bank of scotland so there's a lot more um paperwork and and bull lake frankly which was uh, all good experience so that was going along in the background whilst i was at this course that then completed in may this year and we got it refurbed in two weeks light refurbishment and uh, got it tenanted four weeks later that first property is now profitable um and by the way these these properties are well all the new purchases are going into a limited company so we could have a whole other podcast on um you know clause 24 i think it's called where essentially they're reducing the the allowance of being able to offset the mortgage interest against your income Mm -hmm. um and because i'm already in higher rate tax bracket because of my job um it doesn't make sense for me to do it in my own name, so we've done it in a limited company name, and uh, we're building the business through that. Yeah, but I mean that's an interesting topic, right? I mean how you how you set the, how you set the company up, how it's, you know how it's been incorporated. Um, you know, you've gone down the route of limited, uh, presumably off the back of some advice and you know through um, through your research and, and and things. So that in itself is an example of a decision that you made prior to getting into something like this. You know, just having that prior knowledge. Mm. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's good. So yeah, as I say, there were implications with um, how you set the company up, whether you do it via an SPV, a special purpose vehicle, um, which is just basically a limited company with a specific um, setup code. And uh, excuse me, how do I do that? Uh, you can, without going, again, this would be a whole podcast in itself, you can go down the route of doing it in your residential mortgage name. You do get better interest rates for it. They're about a percent, just north of a percent better via personal um, buy-to-let mortgages um, compared to limited company mortgages. But I just thought I'd start as a mean to go on because I am going to get out of the job and uh, eventually I'll be able to take drawings from the business as my own personal income. Um, There are some people out there that I know invest and don't have a job and just utilize their own tax relief first of all, so they've got a setup where they've bought the first eight or nine properties in their own names, use their own tax relief, Mm -hmm. and then started to switch across to limited company mortgages as they start to hit the thresholds. but that, that's basically why we went down that route. So uh, it's both myself and my wife are d- 
directors of the, the business. Um, as I say, the first property has already made the property business profitable in 12 weeks. So, um, and if you compare that to any other business I've had in the past, um, and I've had various businesses, I've never, never achieved that in that speed. So um, that kind of demonstrated, not just to me, but importantly as well to my missus, because she was, she's um, slightly risk averse, let's say, whereas I'm kind of, um, you know, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything type thing. Um, and she's seen it work for herself. So I'll talk to you a bit about the numbers on that first deal, actually. The, yeah, that'd be helpful. The property itself is in Hull. So my, my gold mine area, as progressive to coin it, is a place called Brands Home in Hull, which is HU7 area. And the reason I chose that area, well, there's a few. Number one, the properties are built circa 1960, 1970. They're all solid. Um, they're, they're rock solid properties, basically, and it's a good rentable area. So there's a lot of, uh, it's a council estate. So I'm buying ex-council properties, two and three bed, mid terraces, end terraces, um, and you can pick them up for between 55 and 65K, and these ones are gonna need a slight amount of light refurb work done to them. And they'll rent out all day long. So as an example with my one, first one was a property called 123 Amberley Close. We purchased that one as a repossession for 62,250 pounds. I spent 3,000 pounds on a light refurbishment, so that included some upgrades to the heating, um, full carpet and flooring throughout, full redecoration throughout, new fence in the back, um, you know, some work done to upcycle the kitchen, which was solid as it was, and some other bits and bobs, uh, electrical um, updating and heating updating and things like that. Nothing too major, about 3K. So we're in, the, we're in the hole for about 65 grand on this one, if you like. And that's UK, um, UK uh, or GBP. Yeah, that's so UK, British, that's British sterling. Yeah. So that's, that's the, the sort of overall numbers. Now, I've bought them on an 80% loan-to-value mortgage. So I put in 20% um, deposit on that 62,000, which is about 12 and a bit thousand pounds. Add to that your stamp duty, which is about 1,600, the refurbs, your total there, your total spend in the first year, including legals and fees, is about 18 grand. Mm -hmm. So you've got that property now. The, the, the clever thing about this is that, or not clever, because anybody can do it, but the, the, the good thing about these properties is that if you get them at the right price, below market value, which I did, you can then, after the refurb, get your own surveyor out to do a revaluation, which I've done, and it's been valued up at 80,000. So from the purchase price, um, forgetting the refurb costs, I'm I'm at about seventeen thousand seven hundred and fifteen pounds profit equity profit already, um, and that's before we've even got it tenanted. Awesome. So we're talking real numbers here. Like we're talking within, you know, in space of sort of six to eight weeks. You know, you've made a, a capital profit. Uh, you know, getting you know you know sort of seventeen eighteen thousand pounds. Um, which, which we'll talk about, you know, potentially can be released and then used to reinvest into another property, presumably. Mm -hmm. um, but the other, you know, the other, you, you touched on two things which I think are really important to point out to, to people that are interested in this sort of stuff. So the, number one is buying below market value. Like if you're going out and buying things at the value that they are, 
today uh, or, or sort of street value today and trying to resell them then the markup's going to be a hell of a lot smaller i think that's one of the things sort of key things to focus on and the other thing is not to get too carried away with the refurb costs right you know you, there's a certain amount of money that you can afford to spend on a refurb um you know things like you know gas refits lecky refits paint and decorating depending on the size of the house there's a there's a there's a pretty much a fixed fee for these things right and it's and the, 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 it's a variable cost is sort of labor so finding somebody that you can partner with and 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 that's going to do the work that you need them to do at the right price is also important so i'd say mm -hmm. partnerships or building out your your network of um people that are going to support great like you know, plumbers electricians sparkies um uh, decorators or whoever and also you know potentially getting your hands dirty yourself although from a we're looking at from a scale point of view you getting your hands dirty is not necessarily the the, the right option uh, but it could be in the first handful of properties to make sure that you remain profitable right yeah it's um it's quite a contentious subject that actually um if i'm honest because i i personally don't see me getting my hands dirty in a property and and so on as a as a particularly good use of my time. So if I'm looking at what I'm worth value-wise per hour, if I was to go out um, either to to work and consult in the medical device industry, or whether I was to go and find properties, blow market value, and and create instant capital uplift, um, you know, without sounding like a pompous so and so, I'm going to earn a significant amount more per hour. Um, than somebody who's going to, you know, potentially clean my patio or, or even do paint and decorating for me. So I need to, I, what I've decided from the get-go is that I'm not going to get involved at all physically or manually within any of these properties simply because it's not a good use of my time. Um, tried that excuse with my wife and the same thread as washing and ironing, but didn't go down so well. Um, but basically, I'm going to do things that are going to add value, that are going to be income-generating activities, and that's finding properties, finding more properties, below-market-value properties. Um, you're absolutely right with regards to you know, having a team. You've got to have your power team. You need your people in place that you can rely upon, that are going to get the job done, do it properly, and, and get it at the right price. And, of course, the less you spend, because... Cash is, ca cash is king, the less you spend on your refurbs, the less money you're leaving tied up in that property. Unless, of course, you've got it at a significant discount. Um, and like me, this property in question has already got a 17 plus K uplift in capital value. I'm, I'm going to the, the lenders next month, in fact, to, um, to take my private RIC surveyor report to them and say, you know, what can you release for me? Can we refinance it at the new value? In which case, I'll do so, pull out all of my, more or less, all of my initial deposit money, fee money, refurb money, um, and uh, and use that money to recycle elsewhere and, and reinvest. So it's quite it's quite a straightforward strategy. It doesn't always necessarily work out that way, but um, that that's where we are with it. So I think you know you've got to have your team in place. You've got to be taking action, um, and you, you you know you've got to make sure that you're finding the right area that's gonna gonna rent well. So again, going back to that first property, with the numbers in place, the current net return on cash employed in that particular deal is about 26%. So again, which is incredible, um, because you tell me any bank or institution offering that amount, and I'll take a ticket and join the queue, frankly. Um, but that's where we are on that property. As soon as I've refinanced that, of course, it's going to be 100% ROI, because I've got none of my own money tied up in it. 
so yeah that takes us kind of summarizing um that first property um, and bearing in mind we've still got another property our, our original accidental landlord property is still currently uh tenanted and rented out but it's in our personal names um so we're going to be selling that next year because that's got a significant amount of capital tied up that we can actually purchase about three maybe four new single lets with the cash that's tied up in that so um compared to what the current returns we're getting on that one property with the money tied up in it we can literally quadruple the cash flow the net cash flow returns by redeploying that money into other properties so anyways talking about the first one with the limited company we're going to refinance it hopefully in october november this year um, we're going to pull our money out and we're going to reinvest prior to that uh, i've been working hard getting good bonuses from my job and saving money aside i've even sold uh, my pride and joy bmw m5 <laughs> to finance more properties so as we speak we're currently literally days away from contract exchange on two new properties one's a two bed One's a three bed, both in the same area of Hull in Brandsholm. Uh, the two bed bought for 60,000, the three bed bought for 62,500. Exactly the same sorts of numbers in terms of deposits and loan to values. Um, the difference being on these two is that they need literally, a touch wood, about 500 pounds each on properties refurbed. And that's just deep, clean, and um, one of them needs the gas safety check doing the rest of it is is you know literally off we go one of them's even on the market and will hopefully be tenanted before we even exchange contracts mm -hmm. so that'll be positively cash flowing the day that we take the keys which will be nice uh, and again price wise i've got them at discount the two beds worth 75 the three beds worth between 78 and 80 so again there's going to be two more opportunities there with those two properties next year after the six month break clause with the lender to go back and to refinance um, so just just on that subject to make it clear these are interest only mortgages so they're not capital repayment mortgages so my strategy is pure cash flow of course when you refinance your mortgage rates going to go up slightly so that's going to hit your ROI slightly but if you've refinanced and none of your money's in it it doesn't make a difference and it just means that you've got another two pots of money to go and recycle mm -hmm. so we've gone from one property as an accidental landlord and as of today, we're moments away from having our fourth um, single let property. And that's going to be sort of end of this year, all fully tenanted, fully let. Yeah. And, and off we go again. So I want to pick up on an interesting point that you made right at the you know, beginning of this, uh, this, this section. You, just, just to be clear to everyone that's listening here is that Mark's employed with a G, the, J, the J-O-B, as, yeah. uh, as he referred to it as. That's right, Annabelle. That's right. You don't have to have a job yet, do you? You let Daddy pay for all your milk. Um, so you've got, you've got the, the J-O-B, but you've got aspirations and, and you've got goals, personal goals, uh, outside of that, and you want to you know, create your own company, and, and, or you are creating your own company and, and building you know, real assets. Um, but the, the, the key takeaway from that, from that or from this part is that you're not doing one or the other, you're doing both. And 
that really comes down to sacrifice of time, right? It's not that you're doing less work on the job. It's that you're leveraging time, spare time, like there's weekends, right? There's evenings, there's early mornings. So setting your alarm an hour earlier in the morning gives you an hour's worth of extra work each day. So there's things that you're doing there um, that, that are enabling you to run the two in, in parallel. Um, and the clever thing about what you're doing is you're leveraging the, you know, the, the, the salary um, that you take from the job. Uh, and 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 investing it, you know, into into your own personal business, so yeah, kind of moving yeah. one money from from <clears> another. <throat> and I think that's a mistake that a lot of people, certainly, um, you know, people that are looking to get into business or that have a job or have aspirations to 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 then become an entrepreneur or to be a business owner, and they think that they have to just ditch one and jump two feet into the into the into the you know the, the personal venture or the business that they've set up, um, and often. If, particularly if you've never done a business before, that's, I mean, it's a hell of a risky move anyway. Um, but if you've not, you know, even if you haven't done it before, whether you have, if you haven't got any um, sort of headwind, if you've not built up a head of steam on the on your own venture, and you're potentially going in cold and, and um, you know, can make the first part of that business, you know. So what, what, what I'm trying to say is by by taking the time to, to, to work on something on the side, growing it, you know, to a point, uh, getting some traction to a point, um, and then transitioning across and away from your from the day job uh, is not only safer. And I know, and I'm one for taking risks, as you know, and I know you are. But it, but it's also a crap load more practical. It's just a very practical thing to do. Like you've still got to eat, you've still got to feed your family, especially this little one who's mm. learning to talk at the moment. Um, so it's actually a really practical step. I mean, are there anything that you're doing to, to sort of hack your time? Because everyone's got 24 hours in a day and everyone needs to sleep and eat. But are there things that you do to hack your time and it gives you the ability to run these two things in parallel? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a start, single lets aren't particularly complicated, to be honest with you. I mean, I know that sounds arrogant, but once you've done one, um, you know, to replicate and reproduce the same or similar kind of results on another is pretty straightforward. I talked earlier about having the, the power team, as I call it, and that, that power team can include your, you, you know, your broker, your solicitors, your, your build team, your maintenance team, but also, critically, your agents. So I've, I, you know, my job has always been about relationships, and, and you know, I still believe that a big component to going out and making a shit ton of success and money is to have good relationships, as well as good services and products, of course, but um, you need those relationships that you can pull upon them. So as an example, uh, the last two properties that I've just bought, I haven't actually seen. I've not even, well, I've been to one of them, um, but I've got a friend of mine who's an investment relations manager for a, for a local property agency who I've befriended over the last 12 months. And uh, she goes and views them for me and sends me a report, pictures and so on. I know the numbers in the area anyway and the comparables, so I don't need to know any of that. I just need to know, is it a decent nick? What's the condition? Is it in a decent area? Will it rent? If so, how much? Um, and that's how you. That, and that's a, it's, it's an example, really, of if you um, multiplying the number of hours that you have in a day, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I spend my my day job. I'm you know I'm responsible for the business in the northeast and all of Scotland. So I've got a huge geographical region, and I spend you know I do fifty thousand miles a year minimum driving. So um, I don't have the time to be around all the time. 
So uh, I leverage those relationships. And it's not a one-sided thing, of course. You know, you've got, it's got to be reciprocated somewhere. So for all the properties that I purchase as a result of my contact at the agency, um, I, I use her company to find me the tenant and they get their tenant finder's fee, which is normally about 350 quid plus fat. And I'll buy, you know, buy her a bottle of champagne or something to chuck her away as a, as a sort of gesture of thanks. Um, you know, those sorts of little things do go a long way. And it, and it is genuine as well because, you know, as I'm helped to grow, she's helped to grow. She's still got KPIs and things that she needs to meet as an investment relations manager for the, her agency. So I'm, a, I'm able to do that and I use Kim, um, this lady in particular, and a couple of other agencies as well, um, which means that I can, I can hack into my own time. So that's the way I, I kind of carry out my day job and the business with the property side of things as well. And then whilst I'm doing all of this thousands and thousands of miles on the road, I listen to whatever audio book takes my fancy via Audible. Uh, or, or podcast. Or podcast. And um, I normally do it on two times speed so I can get more listening done in a short space of time. And I do probably about 60 to 70 hours a month worth of audio books. Wow. Um, and and uh, yeah, that that was another small goal of mine actually was to this year to read or listen to at least sixty sixty books, mm -hmm. um, and I'm I'm pretty much seventy percent of the way to target on that one as well. So that's that's the sort of hacks really with regards to how I'm going to continue to scale. Um, the long term goal for me and the business is to have one hundred single let properties. The portfolio at which point will be worth about eight million pounds with an equity of about two and a half million and with a rent roll of between 30 and 40,000 pounds per calendar month. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really like incredible insight and um, you've articulated that amazingly. So thanks for that, Mark. And I'm, I'm sure this is gonna be mega helpful for people that are listening, particularly you know, looking to get into, um, into <laughs> uh, you know, looking to get into the property market or property games. So that's real practical advice. I mean, how, I know that you know both you and I are relatively driven, and I think in some respects we were probably born that way, um, and you know some more than others. But but what are there certain things day to day that that you do to you know kind of get yourself into the correct mindset? Uh, because you know doing I, I, you've 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 painted a very what seems to be a simple picture and I'm sure it is a relatively simple well it's a business that's 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 relatively simple to run but in theory most businesses are relatively simple to run but you've got to have the get up and go and you've got to have the balls to do it in the first place hmm. um, and so what are there, you know what how important to you is things like mindset and and how do you maintain that sort of positivity and drive and uh, you know, could you touch on a couple of yeah, points around that? Absolutely. So mindset is an incredibly important thing. Um, in fact, personal development and mindset is something that's been on my radar since probably about 2005. So um, 12 is what I've been about 20 years old when I first read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, you told me about that book. That was yeah. the first time I ever heard about that book as yeah. well. And um, interestingly, a few weeks back, I pulled out my files from that cabinet over there, and I've got a a box full of all sorts of things. But I've also got goals that I wrote down in two thousand and five or two thousand and six, mm. of which I've actually pretty much hit this year, last year, and the year before. Serious? Yeah. So nice. you know, as an example, 
to earn 100k, to have a BMW M3, to have a five bed house, to have a family, yeah. to be healthy, to be in good shape. Yeah. Um, that last one's probably not so uh, relevant now. Um, I've got some timber, but there we are. Uh, but <laughs> basically, the long story short is that if you don't set goals, your mind doesn't go to work figuring out how to figure things out and fill in the blanks. So you've just got to. One thing I have learned from the people that I follow and are inspired by is that you have to commit. You simply have to commit and then figure it out later, basically. Commit, yeah. take action uh, consistently, persistently. And this, I mean, we, again, the same with tax. We could have a whole podcast on mindset because it's something I'm very passionate about. But you have to have clear goals and a clear vision of what it is you want. Mm. And then you can map out how you're going to get there and what steps you need to take, what actions you need to take. Mm. And you can break that down day by day, week by week. But ultimately, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is go out and take the dog for a walk and have a power walk and get my, get my nervous system fired up. Mm -hmm. um, whilst I'm doing that, I'll listen to a podcast for 15, 20 minutes by somebody who might inspire me, whether it be you know, Richard Branson, Warren Buffett, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Simon Watson, um, Howard Watson. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to listen. Because considering that I work so remotely and I am a fairly nomadic type of person, I, I am good at networking, I'm good with relationships, but I like my own space, I like my own time. Um, and I don't really have much choice than to have my own space and myself in that time because I spend a lot of it on my own. So the way in which I have pretend friends, if you like, um, is to listen to people that are successful because um, I know, and again, success leaves clues. There's a true saying that I absolutely believe in, which is you are the average of the people you spend the most time with. And I'm not friends with Warren Buffett or Richard Branson or a host of other people that are successful but I can bloody well listen to their stuff and get them into my my brain space and put myself into their heads and figure out well how do they do that what have they done to get there you know and be be inspired and, and um, pumped up by by the success of others because we're all humans you know we all have the same sorts of functions there's no reason why other people are outliers other than they went out and lifted up their skirt and grabbed their balls um, in most cases if you're a bloke um, to go out and do something and that's what I believe in so you have to have a clear mindset on goals you have to be driven you have to take action you have to take risks if you're not if you're not creating problems for yourself then you're not trying hard enough problems are an absolute indicator that you're you're making progress they might be painful they might be horrible at the time but without problems you're not going to learn and if you're not going to learn you're not going to grow and if you don't grow then you can't put that that knowledge into action um, so that's that's critical for me mindset Right, we're doing the old, uh, doing the old switcheroonie. Yeah. Wife and the kids are in the office, hiding, being quiet. Uh, but we've uh, we've taken a walk near Mutz Marks. Um, got a hell of a lot of books, and there's a selection of books on his shelf, which I'm looking at. Uh, I should call out some names: there's Alan Sugar, legend. Uh, Tony Robbins. What else? We've got Kevin Dutton. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's my wrestling days from the old WWF yeah. days, was it? Yeah. When we used to do the wrestling moves. Uh, Pitch anything, Oren Claff. That's a really, uh, it's a really useful book. I've I've listened to that actually yeah. from uh, pod, uh, a podcast. That's really, really be, been quite inspirational on 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 me. Um, Dale Carnegie, How yeah. to Win Friends and Influence People. Guys, if you haven't read that book, 
uh, you should. I mean, it's a classic. It's kind of one of the first. Uh, it's a very, very old book, actually. Um, it's one of the first sort of self-help business-related books. But it, it um, you know, if you're when I, I mean, my, I first read that book, and I remember getting to the sort of handful of chapters in, thinking to myself, I actually do a lot of this stuff already. Uh, you know, kind of putting yourself out there, talking, networking. Um, and so it was it was quite interesting for me personally to 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 suddenly have this realization that a lot of the stuff that these books talk about actually I kind of do naturally just within my person so maybe that's something I'm born with and maybe a little bit lucky in that sense but it's not to say there's not more to learn or more to hone and but it's just interesting that a lot of these books you know particularly around mindset um you know you I think sometimes you're born with it uh, if you're lucky enough, but it's certainly something that can be learned. And well, out, out of those, I mean, have you got any, you know, sort of practical thing, you know, practical takeaways, tips, advice, or one or two books or courses or something that, yeah. you know, you think, you know, if, if you're talking to somebody for the first time, um, then, you know, they should absolutely go for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it doesn't really matter what industry or sector or space that you work in. Uh, all of the all of the attributes that I've seen in the successful people and, and people that I follow and um, like to class them as mentors, even though they don't know it and I'm not paying them for it. There's things to take away and, and transfer into any sector of any business and any environment. Um, the, the, the key thing that I think is absolutely vital you do is write down your goals. That's the first thing. If you haven't done that, if you don't do that, then how do you know you know where you're going with things and i put money on it that people listen to this probably spend more time writing lists about shopping and things they're going to get for the groceries that week rather than how they're going to grow themselves how they're going to grow their business um whether it be personal professionally even their health and fitness and well-being you know we i think the trouble with this the, the way we are in society is that we neglect the the things that really are important um and certainly to me and i'm not just saying business is the most important thing but the success of my business will allow me the freedom and choice that i would choose to have long term for for the benefit of my life and my family um and it's not just about the pursuit of money it's the it really is the pursuit about freedom having fun um and if you look at my vision board here in front of me at my desk uh i've only just created this myself recently actually because I've got so many things that go on in my head uh, and mottos and things that I go by and stuff that I've picked up from some really, really um, interesting characters and professionals in that space. One of which I'll give you is uh, a guy called Jim Rohn. That's Rohn, R-O-H-N. If you have heard of him, well done. If you haven't, you need to go out and look him up. He's got loads of stuff on YouTube. But he's got a little book that I read earlier this year called Seven Strategies for Wealth and Happiness. And this guy here is massive on setting goals, how to set them, um, making them work for you, what motivates people, all of the things about you know your path to wisdom and so on is in that book. And so from that book, I wrote clearly wrote my goals out in a much more concise manner that I carry around with me all the time. I look at every day. I update all the time. Um, and, and basically keep looking at my goals because I know that I'm going to be asking myself the questions as to what can I do today to take me a step closer? Mm. What can I do more? So that's basically... So what's that book again in the, in the author's name? Jim Rohn, Seven Strategies for Wealth and Happiness. He's actually the guy that trained, or Tony Robbins took a lot of his learnings from. So you'll probably know Tony Robbins. Uh, Jim Rohn's like the godfather of that era and that ilk. 
So definitely listen to, to some of his material. Cool. Well, I think uh, I think now's probably a good point to wrap things up. I think we're probably sort of 40-ish minutes into this. I'll have to check. Um, but it's been it's been a lot of fun actually mate interviewing you my little bro yeah uh you know we've um we've we've had a handful of ventures together from sort of young kids uh you know throughout school college and um you know as we've grown you've certainly been an inspiration to me and pushed me uh, i don't know whether you're aware but you know but professionally through my career uh and you know and through the different business ventures that 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 i'm currently involved in and business ventures that have happened in the past so you know it's um you've been an inspiration to me so thank you for that and it's been wicked having you on the show to be honest cheers Uh, good good being here yeah i didn't in my house i know yeah (laughs) we live quite far apart we live you know in terms of miles i don't know how many hundreds it is but it's, uh, it's about 250 but it's uh, because you live at the arse end of london it takes about seven days to get there it's not it's not quite the arse end but well, uh it is when you live in hull it is when you live north <laughs> yeah north of birmingham um but yeah it's been like i said it's been it's been wicked actually having you on and your um you know your, your inspiration i think you've been an amazing guest uh you know, just generally, I think the listeners are going to get a lot of value from this. Um, it's important you've brought, brought your own spin on things. Uh, so, yeah, thanks. And, you know, we've got to the listeners, um, you know, this is the third sort of installment, really, second slash third guest as well. I've got loads more guests in the pipeline. The more people I talk to about this show, uh, the more people seem to be interested in taking part. Uh, we've got you know, a handful of guests from CEOs uh, to founders to my mentor. So he's going to be on the next show, uh, a guy called Anders Powell's, uh, somebody that's been an influence on my, my career and life. And we touched on him in the previous show with Mel, uh, talking about wellness and well-being. He, was, he just so happened to be an influencer on her life as well. Uh, but, uh, but he's coming on the show next week. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. He's a very animated guy. Uh, and there's loads more stuff to come in the, in, the, in the pipeline for the rest of this year. And this is something that I'm just going to keep doing um, when I get an opportunity like this to, to interview people. And just, it's not even in, or hopefully you haven't felt like it's an interview. I mean, you and I talk about this stuff all the time. Yeah. So it's been more like a conversation. Yeah. We've just yeah. documented it for once. And it's difficult to condense a lot of content because there's so much more that could be said um, mm. in a short space of time. So, yeah. Yeah. And we'll get you back on mate do you know what I mean like what's going to be quite cool about this is we've documented this we've documented your moment in life and where you are in the business today being 9th of September 2017 and so we'll get you back on whether it's three months six months nine months like whenever we end up doing this and we'll pick up from where we left off and we'll we'll see where you are and I think that's going to be a really interesting that in itself be a really interesting show and i'm in no doubt that you're going to be several steps further uh, you know along the path of your goal um than you are today so i personally wish you a lot of luck with that thank you um luck got something to do with it but i think getting up and doing is the biggest part of yeah. biggest variable of success getting off your ass and actually doing um and so uh, yes yeah, so I'm, I'm in no doubt that you'll be you'll be uh, several steps more forward than you are today 
Um, cool. Well, look, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm waffling. And uh, before I waffle too much, I just want to say thanks again. Thanks to all the listeners. Um, Mark, if, uh, yeah, if you want any closing world, words of wisdom, you can do it in the, in the uh, voice of Ricky Gervais, a.k.a. No, I'll, I'll, spare, I'll spare the listeners that. Um, no, I think, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been interesting. Uh, I've not done a podcast before. I've not actually been interviewed before, other than for a police caution back in 1999. Um, uh, I'm joking. <laughs> Um, we don't want to talk about that no we'll leave that there Um, but it's been good it's been interesting I think the key thing for me to pass on and sort of the uh, limited wisdom of myself to you guys out there is just do it get out there and take action Um, and it's all well and good learning and I'm going to quote something here by Jim Rohn which is don't let your learning lead to knowledge let your learning lead to action that's the bottom line you've got to just go out and smash it big or go home Amazing. Thanks for that, Mark. And guys, if you've liked the show, a little bit of a plug, please do share it. Tell your friends, tell your family, get it out there and take a listen. Thank you very much. Peace.